0: Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, a podcast meant to satisfy all of your mysterious, paranormal, and downright creepy desires. Follow us as we explore the unusual mysteries of the world. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. So... We just want to say thank you to all of our new followers and for everyone that's commenting. We really appreciate it. Shout out to Miss Sarah for also sharing my ick of nasty rotten leaves. We appreciate it. (laughs) So lots of people out there are scared of leaves. We (laughs) can write that down. Not just, I mean, they have to be rotten. Oh, it's (laughs) not walking outside terrified. It's the rotten leaves that get you. Yes, the wet ones. The wet ones. Those wet, <laughs> rotten leaves. Wow. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, we'd like to see more comments and more st- um, you know, stuff like that. Like yeah, also totally. Email us. Please. Tell us some spooky stuff. If you've been to any of these places or have any information on the topics we've covered, shout out. Or if you want to give a suggestion for a story or have a story of your own you want to be talk about, it can remain anonymous. If yeah, so. 100%. If not, you need to specify because I have a tendency of being like, oh, Bob told me this today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please say you want this to be anonymous or Taylor will throw you under the bus. It's a bad habit. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Alrighty. On this week's episode, we're going to give a brief history of medicine. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, there is so much. I mean, the entirety of human civilization we have had some sort of physician or doctor or something of that medicine woman a medicine woman something like that so there is a lot of information so we tried to condense it down to its simplest forms and just include the stuff that we thought was the most interesting really um it's just the old stuff there's we didn't include anything new no modern medicine i mean we're living it so yeah i mean if you want to ask just go like go to (laughs) er and go look around (laughs) walk into an emergency room and just ask questions. Yeah, they love that. We (laughs) love that around there. (laughs) And ma'am, can I ask you a question, please? I'd like to know what's going on in here. No. (laughs) That's violating HIPAA laws, so you need to leave. (laughs) So this is pre-HIPAA. Oh, yes, pre-HIPAA, so we can't talk about patients, obviously. Okay. All right, so what we're going to start with is the Egyptians. Obviously, there's societies before this, but... The information on Egyptians is already vague enough, so y'all cut me some slack. I couldn't find anything else before this that was, like, credible and not just, like, somebody looking at the stars and saying, you're going to be pregnant next year. Okay. So, (laughs) some people still do that. Oh, I'm not knocking that. My bad. (laughs) The stars may tell you something. I don't know. I think my stars are freaking blind. Your stars are not aligned. No. Okay, so. You're crossed. (laughs) (laughs) I got cross-eyed stars. (laughs) stop interrupting me the Egyptians were super clean people like super super clean so they bathed more than once a month or once a year yeah I mean they shaved like their whole bodies and like their hair and stuff because lice was so like big and you know yeah, everybody had the lice and they were just like real clean people they had like kinda indoor plumbing situations interesting and like I think it was just more of an irrigation system. That's I mean that's a different topic. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they were just super clean folks. Yeah. Um, they didn't know what germs were, but uh, they really kept it on the up and up, right? So they I knew that if uh, you were injured, like if you had a wound, you probably shouldn't be rubbing dirt in it. Is what I mean, you're saying. yeah, the whole saying, "Rub some dirt in it, you'll be fine." That's how you get staff, guys. Please, Please don't do that. Um. <laughs> Disclaimer, please don't rub dirt in your wounds. <laughs> <laughs> <a little> wheeze. <laughs> <laughs> Wheezy <laughs> baby. <laughs> Sorry. Um anyway, they had their own medical text, which I thought was like super cool. Like they had books on like different um I guess areas of medicine. Because um they also had like doctors, midwives, surgeons, gynecologists, dentists. What? Yeah. <laughs> They had specialized medicine in ancient Egypt? Yeah. They had a whole book about vaginas. Really? Yeah, like for gynecologists. That's crazy. I don't really, I mean, obviously, it's hard to translate what was said, but it was translated enough to know it was about that. Yeah. Interesting. But, like, these texts um, (coughs) were filled with all sorts of different treatments for, like, basic things and even, like, minor surgery, which is, like, stitches and Stuff like that. They didn't do any open surgeries that I could find, mainly because, like, that wasn't a thing then. Yeah. And why would they... They probably wouldn't know that there was something wrong with you on the inside. No. So, if you're, like, a penix ruptured, they're just, like, that was it for you. Yeah. Like, your stars were crossed. Yeah. I I get it, y'all. Mine have been crossed for a while. Um, But they were super ahead of their time. And I think it's just, like, so strange how as a society we kind of went back on hygiene as we progressed as a species because they were very hygienic humans Mm -hmm. and then you go to like the middle ages and people are like shitting in buckets and like they're cool with it yeah in their bedrooms (laughs) oh god (laughs) and then throwing it on the street so that's cool yeah and then you had to walk in it yeah that'll keep you clean that's where the umbrella came from you know that? yes i didn't know that actually that's disgusting Anyway, ancient Egypt uh, really had a leg up on the rest of the ancient world uh, when it came to medicine, largely due to their embalming processes. So, <coughs> the ancient Egypt- Egyptians, <laughs> you got it. You're doing great. Y'all, I'm sorry. I'm so out of breath. I'm just, it's allergy season <laughs> and I'm struggling to breathe through my nose. <laughs> I don't have allergies. So, yeah, I'm allergic to everything. Um, But sorry, they gained a great knowledge of um human anatomy because... When their people passed and they um, went to go bury them, they had like an organ removing process, mm-hmm. and they would put them in these like sacred jars and mm-hmm. stuff. So to do that, obviously they had to cut you open. So they were just like digging around and rooting around. So they like got a huge bit of knowledge from this. Like, oh, like this guy's gallbladder's orange. That's probably what killed him. Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing, but <laughs> I hope so. I hope not. Yeah. Um. And they were just, like, super advanced in their understanding of, like, our bodies and afflictions and ailments. Like, to the point where, like, other societies at the time um, were envious of their expertise. Cool. So, <coughs> this, is a little, this is a little tidbit information I found. Uh, they had false teeth. Weird. For their people. Like, so, their dentists made false teeth for humans when they had to take them out and stuff like that. And they looked like real teeth. That's really cool. And I'm pretty sure they were other human teeth. That would make sense. It may make sense to me. They Mm. also had prosthetics. So they had, there's a picture I found of um, one they found on a mummy. It was a prosthetic for a foot. (gasps) So it was like half of the foot was missing. And the red, like this was an attachment to the person could still like remain balanced and walk. That's really interesting. They had them for hands, um, arms. I, d- I don't know about legs. I'm assuming they probably had a whole leg thing. You know? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. But uh, it was like an actual functioning. Like it looked like it was not from Egypt. It looks like amazing. I can't believe people who. I mean. Oh. And I guess well it's like not that toes. surprising. They They were doing great things. Yeah. You think of Egypt and you think of. Especially the ancient Egyptians. You're thinking that. I mean. They built these amazing structures. And they. I mean. An entire civilization. Just oh, doing yes. stuff. Aliens. <laughs> <It> was aliens. <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> or am I? <laughs> so um, the Egyptians also like really mixed in like a lot of spiritual stuff with their medicine because you know they believed in gods and whatnot. So they had like <sighs> multiple gods of medicine, but there was like this one big one, and I'm gonna butcher these names, and I really apologize for it because like I don't speak the language. And uh, when you type it in on Google and it just says it to you, yeah, you hear it that one time. And you think you can repeat it and you can. Right. So the first guy I'm going to talk about is Heka. So he was the god of deification of magic and medicine in ancient Egypt. Cool. So deification, I had to look this up because I was really confused. Yeah. Is when um, a human is like... Um, Leveled up in the spiritual world, and they become a god. Oh, so this is the guy in charge of making new gods. So hu- in their religion, humans could become gods if they leveled up. they were like demigods, but technically, yes, their spirit could be leveled up in the afterlife, which I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but in Egyptian mythology, they had three gods of medicine, and there's Isis, Toth, and Sekhmet don't know if that's right <laughs> um Sekmet, but when i played it it says myth. i don't know but it, it's really weird anyway um apparently these are like interchangeable people like there was other gods before them that did so and they had like different roles it was very confusing yeah but i just thought i would throw it in there because i thought it was cool yeah so one of their leading physicians, who was also an architect, he was just doing it all, y'all, was named what, he's also his character, or this person is a character in a uh, movie you might really enjoy called The Mummy. Oh, with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, the best one. Yeah. So his name is Emotep. Mm-hmm. He was an actual priest and physician of the time, and um, he was said to have, like, Diagnosed and treated over 200 diseases in his lifetime, including tuberculosis, appendicitis, gout, gallstones, and arthritis. Oh, so he did perform surgery. He he did perform surgery. Yeah. It just wasn't widely common for people. No, that was for like physicians to be operating. That was something that was not happening okay. back then. Oh, so that's why he became. Yeah, he so was influential. He, he was so smart. He also helped build like these grand structures. That are like still standing to this day. That's amazing, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, but um, he became a god a hundred years after his death in the spirit world. Okay, I don't know how that it works, goes. but it was for his works as a human, like on his earthly journey, all the good he did. So he w- this was documented in some sort of their in their um um my gosh it was like carved into a wall somewhere religious ledgers. something. Yeah, I don't, I didn't look that part up. But he um also founded, like, the first ever school of medicine in Memphis, which is in Egypt. That's a city, like, a little section of Egypt. Cool. Because <laughs> I was like, Memphis, Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know we were over here. <laughs> it was super confusing. But that's my little tidbit on the Egyptian medicine. Yeah, and so Egyptians... The civilizations that come after in the ancient greeks and the romans and all that business they used a lot of the techniques that were used in ancient egypt so <clears throat> i'm going to talk about hippocrates and he was around during 460 370 bce so hippocrates we you've heard it's not hippocrates. i'm sorry. Hippocrates. It's so hard because I see the word hippo and I want to say hippo. Such an American. Oh my gosh. So Also Hippocrates talks about emotip. Hold on. See? Look at this. From his text. We, d- we didn't even know we were mind-melding. I did because I did my information after you. So. Oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> Hippocrates is known as the father of medicine and the creator of the Hippocratic Oath. So which is funny, because he, um, he's probably not the actual author of the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had nothing to do with it. He was just around during the time, and they're like, hey, they have we found this parchment, and it has some s- this oath written about it, and he was the father of medicine at that time, so maybe that's what happened. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. It'd be cool if he was, just because of his name. Yeah. Hippocrates was mentioned a few times by Plato. And other Greek physicians and academics at the time. So he was around and he was doing things. Like, he was very influential. Hippocrates, he used some of the medical teachings the Egyptian people used. So this is where he develops this theory of humors. Okay? So sorry, the humors, they're the four humors of the body. And there was black bile, yellow bile, blood, and phlegm. Delicious. Yeah. Each humor represented a different happening within the body. Having, if your humors were imbalanced, this could result in you being either emotionally or like physically a- ill, like you were sick. Yeah, man. My humors are all whacked. Some people, what's crazy is, when I'll go on to that later, but never mind. <laughs> Let me get back <laughs> on track here. Let me explain these four humors a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just cut yourself off. I love that. <laughs> well, I don't want to go on a tangent because it'll happen. All right, so the black bile was also called the melancholic. And so black bile was supposedly produced, I saw two, the spleen and the brain. So I guess those two organs work together to create this black bile. Um, if a person was uh, had too much of the black bile, <laughs> they would have depression. And people who had this issue were called melancholics. And these people who, anybody who seemed to be like a, a deep thinker or a real, um, emotional person or very detail oriented they were said to be melancholic or have a lot of black bile in their body and (laughs) a lot of these people are they're like introverts today so they also experience anxiousness or perfectionist so like if you were anxious or you were going through a hard moment in life they're like oh your black bile is too high we're both ate up the black bile (laughs) we've got too much (laughs) black bile people it is my favorite color yeah, black is a beautiful color. They also, okay, so the humors are strange, and it's kind of hard to understand, but, so with each humor, it's associated with an organ, it's associated with a temperament, it's also associated with a season, so cold and dry is for black bile, and the element is earth, and since um, black bile, I guess, I don't know, it's, it's like a, a cold, dry type of thing, it was associated with the element of earth. Like dirt. I love dirt. (laughs) You would. (laughs) Okay. And then we have blood or sanguine. Blood is thought to come from the liver. um, And uh, another place says it comes from the gallbladder. So it's coming from somewhere in there with your bloods. And somebody who had too much blood or sanguine was a super overly energetic person. Super social, extremely talkative, and amorous. (laughs) So horny. Yes. <laughs> so if you <laughs> got all this blood in me. <laughs> so if you were out there, you know, playing the field and doing your thing, you had a lot of sanguine in you. Um they <laughs> they um blood uh the temperament is um I can't pronounce this word. What is it? Col- choleric? choleric, Calor I don't know. Choleric? It, it means happy, like excited, like overly you know, enthusiastic and the season it's associated with is warm and dry and it's associated with fire because I'm assuming, actually I'm not assuming, I know they say that blood is life, life giving, fire is, you can't live without it, mm. warmth, fire, you no, gotta be warm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was reading this little chart thing you got pulled up and I feel like, I'm oh, sorry, I just gotta say it. The next one you're going to talk about is the season is warm and wet. I think that <laughs> should be blood. You would think, just because it is warm think. and wet when it comes out. Anyway, sorry. Then we've got the yellow bile, 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 bile. Um, this was produced by the liver and stored in the gallbladder. Wait, maybe I'm confused. These. No. No. I don't know. A lot of the organs are like interchangeable. They're saying that the black bile comes from this. and and I think there was too many cooks in the kitchen and they're just winging it at this point. You're right. You're probably right. So, supposedly it comes from these two organs. The yellow bile was thought to cause aggression. Um, And if you were independent or goal oriented they might say that you had a lot of yellow bile in your body. Or a witch. Or possibly a witch. But a lot of the natural leaders so anybody of these like Kings and conquerors were said to have a lot of yellow bile. It's very strange. Yeah. And then the best one, phlegm. Disgusting. This one was thought to be um, associated with an apathetic behavior. So they were relaxed, peaceful, and easygoing. All the things that phlegm makes me not. Yes. So phlegm is warm and wet. And the season is air. Because I'm assuming when you're coughing, they're saying that the phlegm is being released into the air. Or allergy season. Possibly. Yeah. That makes sense. So with this whole humor thing, this thinking, this theory continues into the Middle Ages. So balancing the four humors became key in living a healthy lifestyle. He came up with this. Hippocrates came up with it and they just kept running with it. And the Middle Ages are known for like a super dark time in history. They're... I mean, <clears throat> with the religious and obscure medical practices, it was pretty rough. The theory of the humors continued to be used through the fourth century and on up until the 14th century, around in there. So, but most people during this time thought doctors were useless. They, I mean, to be fair, they kind of were. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They continued to rely heavily on superstitions and many believed ailments could be cured through prayer, the drinking of holy water, and pilgrimages to holy places. So there were doctors who were using the four humors and many people just didn't rely on them. Can you just imagine? You're like, oh my God, I have gangrene. And somebody tells you, you need to go walk that off. (laughs) Go walk to church and pray about it. Just walk it off. And then your leg falls off, and you're like, how do I get there? No, you die. It just keeps spreading. Ugh,
1: they didn't and know what gang
0: was. Ging- I mean, yeah, whatever. My leg is rottening. My fingers are gone. I'm turning into, like, the walking dead. Yeah, you know, they're like, just walk it off, man. And they didn't have, like, so between, gosh, they didn't have the first hospital in England until 937. What does CE mean? It's B-C-E. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I just left out the B. Oh, I was like, what is I that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so before they had, they didn't have any hospitals. They had, like, I don't know, barns where you would just hang out in and that's where you would die, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, people were so spread out in, like, little villages and they were probably poor, true. like. That is true. They just had, like, medicine humans or somebody they could, like, rub some oils together good. Yeah, they probably, I mean, they did rely on herbs and local people who practice that type of medicine. Herbalism and stuff like that. And they did have, like, you know, witch doctors and things like that. That's when it was okay to be a witch. Mm, Maybe not spoken about. I mean, was it bad if you went and saw those folks, too? I guess depending on who you were. I'm just saying, is. What does it matter if you're like, oh, yeah, like I feel really bad. I have a really bad head cold. I'm going to go see witch Dr. Lucy. I'm going to get some herbs rubbing on my eyeballs and then I'll feel better. Yeah. But then what if you're one of these crazy religious people and you're like, I cannot believe you just didn't walk down and take a pilgrimage to the holy city. Instead, you got medicine in your eyes. That's what the, what the the Middle Ages were crazy. You're talking to the wrong girl. I definitely would have been burned at the stake. Um, yeah, yeah. You probably would. Yeah. So, at when the hospitals were built, they weren't like hospitals that we have today. They're more like a hospice care situation. Disgusting. Yeah. So these places cared for sick people. They cared for dying people, homeless people, and orphans. I mean, good on them. <clears throat> and they were run by Christian officials. So like monks. Hmm. Yeah, they ran them. Um, and they cared for these people. And many of the caregivers recommended someone who was suffering with a humor imbalance to participating. They would use blood, like the go-to treatments were, bloodletting through leeches, herbs, and eating natural laxatives. Yeah. So you if you. shit out that cold, man. Yeah. If you had a cough, maybe you need to go eat. Some of this and it will make you go to the bathroom. I'm gonna tell you right now, if someone was like, your humors are all messed up, your black bile is where the yellow bile should be, like you're all mixed up. Yeah, you are too amorous. You need to calm down. Yeah, the, the, I'm gonna put some leeches on you. I'm like, I'd rather die. Thank you. Yeah, leeches give me the ick. Do not they're touch me ick. with that. A leech, Ooh. they're disgusting. I don't think I've ever actually seen a leech in real life. I saw one in college in a biology class. Yeah, it was disgusting. Ugh. Those suckers. So, through the Middle Ages and then towards the end of the Middle Ages, they still thought bloodletting was the go-to treatment. They would suggest bloodletting for almost anything. Almost anything. Like, you got a headache? Bloodletting. You got a stomachache? Bloodletting. You have dysentery? Blood. That poor leech. <laughs> <laughs> All of the things. Um, and I saw this. This is kind of interesting. So... They said that barber surgeons would be the ones who would participate in the bloodletting. And they, were, they would go to the barber surgeon and they would do this. And so a barber surgeon was like a field medic almost. They did um, amputations. They did setting bones. They did like minor, like if you had a cut or something, I guess they would bandage and it. They would also cut your hair. <laughs> and they <laughs> cut your hair. They did all the things. Jack of all trades. Yes. And a funny little tidbit of information, you know the red and white pole outside like modern uh barbershops? Yeah. It symbolizes their their profession. So like the red is the blood and the white is the bandages needed for afterwards. Cause they were doing so much bloodletting. What? Yeah. <laughs> the craziest thing. What? Yeah. Why? I mean, I don't know. No, I just mean like, why do we keep that? We stopped well, okay, barber so surgeons a long time ago. Like I said before, many people didn't believe doctors could do anything. They were like, ugh, physicians, who are you? I'm going to the barber. He's pulling my teeth, he's cutting my hair, and he's sucking my blood out. So he's not. He was a jack of many trades. Question. Yep. Where do they get the leeches? I don't know. I was really like a leech don't. farm back then? And I guess if they don't have leeches, they're just going to cut you and drain in. That's not infection waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, these people were not clean. You know this. Middle Ages was a very dirty time. We talked about it. Chamber pots and throwing it out into the street and stuff. Good God. Yeah. They definitely took a wrong turn. So, like, the Egyptians were headed in the right direction. that's what I'm saying. It makes zero sense. Zero sense. And then we hit the Middle Ages and it's just like, meow. I mean, (laughs) even the Greeks, they were bathing all the time in those bathhouse things. Yeah, they had plumbing. They had, like, a real, like, water. Yeah, they got it from the Egyptians. Yeah. And then and we get to the Middle Ages, and it's like, <laughs> pfft, shoot <in> the streets. <laughs> God, Taylor. It's like, for real. It's like, oh, something Oh, I got an interesting story for you. Okay. This is, it's kind of off topic, because um, it's about George Washington. I mean, it's not really off topic. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, George Washington was out all day. Okay. And he had been, like, hanging out. And this is the day he died. And it was rainy, and it was cold, and he caught a cold. He had a sore throat. He complained to his wife, I have a sore throat. I don't feel good. I'm going to lay down. So she's like, "Oh my goodness! Oh, we gotta call. We gotta call the barber surgeon, the doctor. We gotta call the physician." He comes in and he's like, "Oh, I know what you need. We're going to suck your blood out." Lovely. They took forty percent of his overall blood volume. And do you know what killed George Washington? Not his sore throat. Bloodletting. Can you imagine being the guy that killed George Washington? He does I mean, he was like oh his cold was too bad. <laughs> <laughs> his cold was you know his wife was sitting over there, she was like, God, I made a bad call. No, they thought I mean really these people believed it. They in thought this. a sore throat killed him. Yeah. A sore he throat. Had a cold, And he was wheezing. It did say that. He was he was hard for him to breathe. So I'm assuming he had a really bad cold that he let get too bad, you know? He already had a cold and then he went out into the wet and then do you think <laughs> they were like... He was a vampire. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a witch. I didn't do that. What are you talking about? This is this is science. Oh, and another little nasty thing I thought you might enjoy. Mm, I love nonsense. Yeah, so many doctors thought that pus from a wound was a good sign. It meant that the toxins were leaving the body. Your humors were becoming aligned, and the nasty, rotten stuff was good. What? Yeah. They thought infection was good. Yeah, they thought it was the body's ability to push out the negativity. Yeah, it's that pisses me off a little bit. I'm like, my life a little mad. Thank goodness we didn't live there. You know when people are like, "I was born in the wrong century," you know? Yeah. Have you seen that on TikTok? Yeah. No, ma'am. I was born in the right one where we we have showers. And it's not even about that. I would not have survived. No, I would have been burned. I would be dead. I would be dead. Uh, dude, I'd be in some kind of asylum. <laughs> That's true. So the lack of hygiene was so bad, obviously. I mean, they had pus coming out everywhere. Um, Doctors doctors had zero knowledge of germs, right? They did use some things that they thought would, like, clean the area. Like, I guess they knew that, you know, you take a bath once a year and your body was cleaner. But anyway. So they used wine to wash... (laughs) Yeah, let's waste the wine. (laughs) They're using wine to wash wounds, and they also cauterize wounds to stop the bleeding. So that did help with infection. Those two things did. Wine? Yeah, I mean, because it has, like, an alcohol content, I'm assuming. It did help in some way. Yeah. Um, But it would have helped the person, like, suffering from all that chronic crap. Just let uh them get drunk. And (laughs) people who suffered from neurological problems, like, if they... Or if they acted strange, or if they had epilepsy, or if they complained of too many headaches, they would have a procedure called um, triplaning. And it literally means letting the demons out. The patient will have would have a hole drilled into their skull so that the toxic, don't roll your eyes, so that the toxic material could just leak out. And they're brain dead now. Yeah. Yeah. They also love to give people um, toxic minerals. They're like, here, take this arsenic. It will help you get better. Mm. And they're like, "Mm, they died. Weird. Mm. They must have been too sick. Must have been so sick that these minerals couldn't save them. Yeah. So obviously many of the patients did not survive a visit to the doctor. They literally just said I would be dead. (laughs) Like they would have killed me. And mom would have been like, God, those demons caught her. She's eat up with them. She's got three holes bored into her head. I don't know why it's she's not, not fixed. <laughs> and can you imagine the archaic tools that they're using to crank? And there's no. no. The only thing they're using to like numb the pain or any type of like um, anesthesia is you're getting. I guess drunk. They would You would drink. Hell yeah. Or or they would you'd be a al- lot you'd be awake until you passed out from pain. Or they also used um, opium. Even better. So. <laughs> hallucinate while you drill into my brain. Yes. So. Terrifying. Yeah. That's the Middle Ages. That's a bad time. Yeah. And there's lots of other things, you know. Well, that's just like, mm, just how The overall lack of hygiene, I think, was their downfall. How as and the, the civilization did we survive that? I don't know. Like. Because. Oof, yeah, yeah, just drilling into people's skulls, man. I love that. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so the next time period we're going to talk about is the Renaissance. Yes. Yeah, so the Renaissance period is where we kind of start moving in the right direction. I, I feel mean, like. kind of. There's a lot of experimentation in this time. Mm, which probably leads us to, you know, better. Yeah. Kind of.
1: I don't think we headed
0: into the right direction until, like, 1980. Yeah, you're probably right. And we're, I mean, like, we were doing okay. That's when we started making advancements. That's when we started, like, caring about not testing on humans. You're right, 100%. Yeah. Because, like, everybody else in society was like, this is wrong. Right. So, anyway, so, the Renaissance, I was going to talk about some famous physicians Sorry, I just spit everywhere. Um, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> just everywhere. It was, I'm going to butcher these names. So the first guy I'm going to talk about is... Sorry. I'm really trying. Guillermo? G- Guillermo? Uh, Fran Castro. Sorry. Sorry. He was an Italian doctor and a scholar. And he suggested... That epidemics may come from pathogens outside the body, which oh, ding 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 ding, is correct. The humors may not be causing all of this. I'm just gonna let y'all know there's there's not multiple biles in your body. <laughs> you can Google <laughs> if, that if you were concerned that you may have too much of one of these biles listed b- before. Also, your bones make your blood, <laughs> not your liver <laughs> or whatever else. That's a filter. So, yep. all right. Now we've cleared that up. Um, anyway, uh, this G-guy, sorry, I'm not going to try to say his name again. He proposed that these my, these pathogens pass from human to human by direct or indirect contact. So that's like touching somebody or even like airborne. So he's on the right track. <laughs> he's thinking about germs. He doesn't know that he's thinking about germs. Yeah, but he's, he's thinking about germs. Which, you know, good on him. Yeah. So, um. At 1478, this is when he was alive. So that's. That's wild. when he was born. He didn't come out of the womb with drugs. Okay, on the so brain. we'll say 1500. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he introduced the term phomites, vom- phomites, uh, mm-hmm. meaning tinder for items such as like clothing that could harbor pathogens. And, um,. This is a, a great example of this would be like from the Black Plague because they had these like death ships and stuff. That was in the medieval times, though. But they thought the, that like the goods and trades and stuff was what was spreading them, but really it was the rats. So the but fleas on the rats. My bad. Okay. He also suggested using mercury or guayaco as a cure for syphilis. And this guayaco is actually used to add fragrance to soap. So he's saying, please wash and don't touch people. And you may not get this uh, brain-eating syphilis. Yeah, keep it in your pants and wash your willy. We're good. (laughs) I mean, somebody had to tell somebody at this time. Like, it's gross. Everybody stunk. I don't think they knew. You're right. Okay, so the next one I'm going to talk about is Andreas Vesalius. Um, They wrote one of the most influential books on the human anatomy. It's called De Humani Corporis Fabrica. I don't know why I said, but I said fabrica. like that, like paprika. (laughs) Um, That means on the structure of the human body. Um, He dissected a corpse, examined it, and made detailed structure drawings of the human body in this book. And with the technical imprinting developments of the time that they were in meant that he could publish it and mass produce it to other physicians. That's a huge improvement. That's like, so this was like... um, so Gray's Anatomy. It's not just a show. It's actually a book. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I have it at <laughs> home. Oh. Um, it's like that. So if you ever, it's like a text that you can actually like flip through and see different like um, structural drawings of the organs and stuff like that. Cool. So this was like first draft. And next guy I'm going to talk about is somebody we all know and love, Leonardo <laughs> da <De> Vinci. <laughs> um, he was from Italy he was skilled in like different things. Obviously, he was a painter. But um he became an expert in anatomy and made studies of like tendons, muscles, bones and like other parts of the human body. So, this was this is my favorite one I think so far because he got permission to dissect human corpses in some hospitals in his area. This guy has so no that, that's how he was able to make all the drawings and stuff. Yeah. He has zero medical training. He was an artist. Strange. And he was just like, hey, can I cut that thing open? And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. We're not using it. Just, you know, don't take it home with you. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> this is a weird time to be alive, though. I know. You can just do whatever the hell you want it. There's no rules. You want to <laughs> kill your husband? Say he's got a cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and call the surgeon barber. A barber surgeon. <laughs> so, uh, Da Vinci was working with a doctor named Marcantino della Torre. And this guy created over 200 pages of illustrations with notes about the human anatomy. (coughs) Because he, I mean, I guess he needed a physician of some sort there. So he wasn't just like tearing through important items. That's true. And he didn't know what he was looking at. And maybe this doctor had a little bit more knowledge. I mean, probably, yeah. But Da Vinci also studied the mechanical functions of our bones and how muscles made them move. He was one of the first people to document it. Oh, He was one of the first researchers of biomechanics, which is the study of how we move, baby. That's cool. I I didn't know know that. Yeah. I didn't know that Leonardo da Vinci was uh, cutting up people. I didn't know that either. I feel like we should learn about that. Yeah. I think that's much more fun than, you know. He was just a painter or a sculptor. He was cool. He made all these inventions. But, like, he was cutting people up. Yeah, he really was. For fun. And this was before they had coolers. So oh my goodness. And they were just picking people up off the street, I'm sure. Yeah, he was like putting in the work, you know? Ugh. Ugh. Just dealing and digging through all that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so another person I'm going to talk about from this time is Ambrose Par. Or Paris. I can't I don't know how to say that. So he was from France. And this guy helped lay the foundations for modern forensic pathology and surgery. Cool. So he was the royal surgeon for four French kings and an expert in battlefield medicine, particularly wound treatment and surgery. Yeah. So he's probably seen a lot of bad stuff. In the so battlefield. he was removing things. So when we say surgery in this time, it's not like how you would think today. So what we're thinking is we're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Yeah. Yeah. Or we're just sewing up the bullet hole. Yeah. And, and they Leaving knew, the bullet in. They knew to remove the bullet. Oh. But they would dig through with, like, so, you know, like, you ever watched an you know, old Western and, like, somebody gets shot? And yeah, they're like oh. long force of things. Yeah. Oof. Dirty ones. Oof. They would, like, this is where um, we started, like, really experimenting with how to treat these things because people were just dying and they needed their soldiers. Yeah. So, he invented um, a several surgical instruments, and he once treated a group of wounded patients in two ways. Or not once, sorry. He treated his wounded patients in one of two ways. He would cauterize the wound and boil, like, elderberry oil. Okay. I don't know what that one And, did. like, rub, rub it on the wound, I'm assuming, the cauterization? I, d- I don't know. So... When they would carterize it, usually when that happens and you're having surgery today, you are asleep. Yes, so you don't feel anything. Mm. Can you imagine being alive? No, uh, I can't imagine. You know those musket ball rounds? You know they were yeah. shooting people with. It's like a BB on steroids. And it would like break your bones. Yeah, Mm-mm. or arrows in places and having to pull those things out. No, no. I couldn't. No. Again, I would not be alive. Mm-mm. So once he would run out of like oil and stuff, um, he would treat stuff with like turpentine, oil of roses and egg yolk. I don't know what it doesn't really say how he did these things like what just that he used these materials? I'm the assuming process. that he used them for like disinfectants mm-hmm. and just like salves. yeah that's what I would think and the people he uh, he noted that the people he treated with turpentine had recovered while those who received the boiling oil were still in severe pain. Oh, so he didn't even know it, he but was, just he was experimenting. It. So this is what I'm saying. This is where we experimented on how to treat things because all of these people were just dying. Like they're going to cut their leg off and then die from infection. Yeah. And <clears throat> once he realized how effective turpentine was in treating wounds, he virtually abandoned carterization from then on. He would only use turpentine. Oh, because it was killing the germs. Yeah. Is this it was disinfecting the area. But I also imagine it was killing the good tissue. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. So he also revived the Greek method of ligature of the arteries during amputation instead of carterization. Oh my goodness! So he people weren't tying off limbs before they cut them off. Like, what he, do you think ligature of the arteries mean? He's tying it up. Like, does that mean that, or he's cutting off the veins instead of carterizing? So when you, we cut it off, mm-hmm. we're cauterizing the wound so it stops bleeding. Instead of cauterizing, killing healthy tissue, because I imagine theirs was not the same way. I'm not a doctor. I'm just winging it when I say this, because you burn it. You burn those little nerve endings and those vessels. Okay, so they were just burning it to stop the blood. Yeah. They're tying it off, which means they're like, they're sewing it up. Oh. That seems like a huge advancement. Well, Greeks did it, and we just again we reverse a lot. We went on a really bad dark path. Yeah, someone took a wrong turn somewhere, so yeah. they're like tying up loose ends, pretty much, instead of just burning it, slapping some tape on there, and sending you on your way. He's actually trying to save and salvage the area. Yeah, to prevent infection. And this saved tons of humans from infections, tons, tons. Wild. because carterization may stop the bleeding, but it it can still become infected and it's a wound still it's just a burn but it burns good tissue with it you're so like carterization is good if you know what you're doing if you don't know what you're doing which they did not then it's just like messing stuff up yeah i mean i don't i could i couldn't even imagine trying to carterize something (laughs) Mm -mm. no no and um he also believed that uh, this is mind-blowing to me that phantom pains sometimes experienced by amputees were related to the brain and not something mysterious within the amputated limb which is actually true i mean that's a little and this was in 1580 yeah this was i mean this is proven that you cut your leg off and they're like oh my foot itches and you don't have that foot anymore it's in your brain yeah yeah but you can still feel it like some people it's so severe they have to take medication really yeah because it hurts they have like pains Oh, my goodness. That's it's wild. not just sensations. That's a crazy thing. I didn't. I mean, I knew that they could be phantom pains, but I didn't know it could be that. severe. you should look it up. It's really creepy. The only reason I did it is because uh, on am crazy anatomy. <laughs> somebody lost their leg and she had a prosthetic leg and she was like she was having some issues or whatever. And I was like, this seems exaggerated. But no, it really does get to that point. What? Yeah. That's interesting, though. It's weird what our brains are weird. Our brains are so weird. They're capable of so much. Um. Also, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, since we're already in this era, I'm going to talk about the Black Death. I mean, you have to when you talk about this time and medicine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. mainly because the Black Death really um fascinates me. Yeah, it is a fascinating time. I think it's just so many people died. Yes. Like so, like. The world's population was impacted, not just an area's population. And that's just like, whoa. Yeah. So the Black Death was a devastating global epidemic of bubonic plague that struck Europe and Asia in the mid-1300s. So this was not in the Renaissance, but I just wanted to talk about it because I love it. So It's like right before the Renaissance period. Yeah, it's like in between. Yeah. And we still have bouts of bubonic plague today, just so y'all know. Yes. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. You should look it up. So, the plague arrived in Europe in October of 1347 when 12 ships from the Black Sea docked at the Sicilian port of Messina. People gathered on the docks and were met with, like, a gruesome scene. (laughs) Most sailors aboard the ships were already dead, and those still alive were, like, super sick and covered in black boils that oozed blood and pus. Oh, my gosh. Just like, yeah, You know it stung. (laughs) So so Sicilian authorities hastily ordered the fleet of, quote unquote, death ships out of the harbor. But at this point, um, it was too late because I guess like everybody around them was just like, holy shit, go look at these like monsters. So over the next like five years, the Black Death would kill more than 20 million people in Europe. 20 million. 20 million people in Europe. That is almost one third of the continent's population. That is insane. Insane. There's poor people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, poor people. But like, the death toll. Yeah, people were just getting like put on like wagons and just like carted off. Like there was just like whole sections of towns just like cut off. There's a whole island. Um, or not an island. It's like a little section in Italy mm-hmm. where they have like, um, it's like a mass grave where they would have burnings. <gasps> oh my goodness. The ghost hunters went and, you know, ghosted around there. Visited? Yeah. I it's really freaking creepy. Yeah. I mean, so like many people they, were Some people burning. at a certain point would just be taken to this island and they were still alive. But there was <gasps> nothing they could do. So they would just be tossed through the rest of the corpses. Stop. So, so many people were buried there and burned there that black, like, the smoke would, like, waft into the mainland. You could just smell burning bodies for miles. That can't be healthy. I mean, probably not, but, like, I wish I would have done more research on that since I'm talking about it, but I forgot about it, and it just, like, popped in my brain. So, y'all should look it up. Just, like, Death Island, Italy, it'll pop up. Ghost Adventures, they love that. <clears throat> so, even before these, like, death ships really pulled into this port, um, there had been rumors about a great pestilence that was carving a deadly path around trade routes. <coughs> In the early 1340s, uh, the disease had struck China, India, Persia, Syria, and Egypt. Man, this is such a heavy thing, isn't it? Yeah. Man, so many people died. Yeah. I'm sorry I sound so excited. Well, it's an interesting topic, and it's like, it's it's just mind-boggling the amount of people who lost their lives. I don't understand how it didn't wipe us all completely out, because it's so contagious. Ugh. So and contagious. they d- had no idea there to wash their no. hands or to stay away from people. Or Well, there wasn't really a, I mean, they didn't really have treatments, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, like, this was an archaic time for medicine. Right. They didn't have antibiotics. They didn't have any of this stuff. And most no. of the symptoms were, could be anything, honestly. Yeah. And then they would bleed people and everybody around that blood would be infected. Oh, you know, bloodletting. Dude, so. That's how they save people's lives. What? Listen. What? What? These are the symptoms. This will make you like question every time you ever have like the flu or like food poisoning or COVID. No. um, I totally got all these symptoms. You got boils from COVID. That's the only thing I didn't get or sores. I didn't get no sores. Did you know of? Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Just the usual ones, right? <sighs> <sighs> Sorry. The symptoms were fever, chills, aches, vomiting, diarrhea. Um, eventually you would get sores and boils and then you just died so once it reached the point to where you can visibly see it 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 was too late once you're infected there was no cure supposedly and apparently there was just like tons of pus and stank around well there people were rotting oh my gosh so they were just smelling. this is my ick (laughs) thinking about this is giving me the heebies. (laughs) I have the hebes (laughs) it's not funny I'm just laughing because Stephanie's reaction to it (laughs) it's making me sweat don't say that you're gonna boil next stop shut up you're gonna jick your whole body tonight before you go to bed I hate you (laughs) sorry so the treatments uh, physicians relied on were crude and really unsophisticated yeah like you said they were just bleeding they were like bloodletting and bull lancing (laughs) which were like really dangerous and unsanitary and also spreading the plague. So if you were already just, I mean, you are barely hanging on. They're going to come in and start cutting on you with dirty knives. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, sir. There were also like superstitious practices such as like burning aromatic herbs and bathing in rose water or vinegar and vinegar might've helped. I don't know, man. I just imagine nobody had nose hairs. They were just singed off. Sure. But uh, the death mask that the physicians wore from this time. Yeah, the creepy, the creepy uh, bird-looking thing. The little beak-looking thing. Yeah. The reason they were shaped that way is so they could stuff these herbs and oils into that little bit of the mask so they couldn't smell anything. Oh, because it was so bad. But no, and they thought that that would keep it. Oh. Nope. They thought that would keep the, the plague from their nose. I wonder if that helped. Also, can you imagine, you're on your deathbed. You're already, you're like, man, I'm probably going to hell or something. Like, this is a punishment. Jesus hates me because that yeah. was everybody's thought back then. Yeah. And then the guy with the beak mask comes up like, hey, how you feeling? Heart attack. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's waving this little thing, this little smoke thing because everybody in your to house. L- to Lance the boils. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. I would just be like i'm out dog give me the knife i'll do it myself we're done (laughs) and i'm dead so the plague was so impactful to the community and the people and the population like everything that it even affected uh cattle oh so they were losing their livestock and their lives it was mainly affected like sheep Because that was like the mass, like they made, like folks mainly had cheap. Yeah, but uh, it affected it so much that there was a wool shortage. What? Yeah, they couldn't make clothes, and they were also using wool blankets for like you know the sick and stuff like that. Oh no! But did they realize? I mean, obviously they didn't because this was in the 1300s, and the man that we talked about previously, what was his name? Um, Oh my goodness, what was his name, Taylor? The fragrance oh, uh, Guillermo Francastro. He's the one which was in like the 1500s who said, I think that germs or pathogens are spread from contact. So people didn't know that using that blanket on another person no. might... Smallpox, man. that also, That's how that got around. Oh my goodness gracious. But, um, but they came up with a vaccine for f- smallpox, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that was 200 years after those. Yeah. Three... No. 400 years yeah damn yeah but I just think the black death is such a cool thing to investigate and the fact that we still have cases of it to this day is nuts we have a treatment obviously yeah but it's also really hard to diagnose well if you walk into a hospital and you're like oh I've got all these symptoms they're not going to jump to even if you have a sore or a boil that can be anything staff carbuncle it's a carbuncle? It's like a risin. <laughs> a carbuncle. That's what it's called. This is medical term is carbuncle. That's a funny word. I know. I love saying it. Carbuncle. Carbuncle. <laughs> 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 okay, you can talk about something not oh, so disgusting um, now. <laughs> so... The four humors were kind of left behind, and then you had the Renaissance period, and people started to realize that we should probably clean things, and we should probably stop putting dirty rags on wounds. and We should stop sharing knives. Yes, and they started to realize that maybe this isn't the best thing. Not, not that every doctor was doing that. We no. still had bloodletting up until my I gosh. I, I mean, George Washington died from bloodletting and that was in the 1770 something. So that's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm embarrassed for us. Yeah. But in. So we're going to jump forward to 1895. And this is when um, Wilhelm oh, Rowentgen. I don't know. Wow. He is a professor of physics in. Bav- Bavaria and he actually the town. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Wurzburg, Bavaria, discovered x rays accidentally. So he was testing whether um, a certain kind of ray could pass through glass, and his uh, cathode tube was covered in a heavy black paper. So he was surprised when an incandescent green light escaped and it projected onto a screen. So he was able to like see inside of something and he was like, what? He was actually able to see the shadow of a solid thing. It's very convoluted and a lot of information, but he's the one who kind of happened on x-rays. Cool. And the reason why they're called x-rays or X is because they were unknown. He called them x-rays because he didn't know what they were. Like extraterrestrials? Yes, unknown. So after this is, I'm going to share some really (laughs) sad things about x-rays. I don't know if you know this. So after they discovered x-rays, many doctors were like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. We don't have to cut you open to see what's going on. We can just use this and figure out what's happening. And so they were pushing it really hard, and Which the amount of time is cool. I mean, it's so cool. Oh, it was a huge advance, huge because before it was exploratory. Everything was exploratory. Yeah, we're just cutting people open left and right. I mean, we didn't know. I mean, no. if you got, but how would how would they know? Like, 18 si- <laughs> like <laughs> in eighteen, like in eighteen sixty-five during the Civil War, you know, you people they were still doing field amputations. You That's know, oh God. so. 1895 we find we have this ability to see inside the body without cutting it so it's a huge leap but we didn't know that the amount of time a person was exposed to the radiation resulted in harmful side effects severe harmful side effects (laughs) yeah they didn't know so fritz giselle established the first dental laboratory in the world and (laughs) It's a really big word. I don't want to say that word. <laughs> Come on. Just try it. Oh, my gosh. Do it for the pod. Ah. Ro until Ro- genealogy. I don't even know. Okay? <laughs> no. I don't know how to say it. It was a lab. It was a dental lab in the world. His name was Fritz. So, for many years in the lab, uh, he wanted to see images of jaws and of heads. He was That was his thing. He wanted to see inside what was going on, you know? Yeah, he's a dentist. I get that. So, he was doing it to himself. Of <laughs> course. And he was doing it to, like, all kinds of people, so he was exposed, and they weren't using, you know, the things that... The lead aprons. Yeah, they weren't using those to block the radiation. Um, and he died in 1927 of... Metastatic carcinoma. Thank you. Caused <laughs> by the heavy radiation exposure to his hands. So it goes, he was holding, peop- like, their faces still while he was using the x-ray device, and all of that time spent holding it caused the cancer and it killed him. And then in December of 1896. So this is just another patient. I just listed a few people that I was like, Oh my goodness, this is wild. So it was a woman and she complained of abdominal pains. Hmm. So she goes um, to get a radiograph and she was taken. It w- they took it over stomach and they focused the x-rays over her liver and They did it about three times, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then 35 minutes. Damn. Yeah. Two days later, she developed burns all over her stomach. And it didn't say whether or not she recovered. It just said that this lady, Miss Q, was severely burned. She had severe radiation burns because. 20-minute x-ray? Yes. They just left it on her. Can you imagine? Like, now we have an x-ray? It's like, done. Well, they didn't. Like, they couldn't, like. Printed it out you know or they could oh i know but like so i'm assuming they do have to sit it on there and like talk about what they see and then like hey george you come in and look we'll do another one and it's like oh jeff come on in hey bob come take a look at this uterus and she's like my stomach is hurting she's like um i'm feeling some discomfort and i smell my skin burning yeah and she's like oh this is wonderful they're like, like oh man that's normal just keep still yeah you're fine <laughs> we really got to get jeff in here he's an expert yeah we'll rub some dirt in it we're done oh my gosh. again disclaimer please do not rub dirt in your wounds do you say wombs? wounds? Wounds. <laughs> so and then another person, this was Edmund Kells. Apparently this one's super well known. Kells developed a radiogenic neoplasm in nineteen twenty two and so he he got sick because of the radiation and he had s- was just bad he was in excruciating pain um he was in constant discomfort and kells didn't listen to the warning given by william rollins so this was another a person and he said hey you probably shouldn't be exposing yourself to this much radiation and it's super hazardous we now have seen this is 1922 we're like hey we're seeing a correlation here yeah we should probably limit exposure times yeah so kells was like "Eh, it's fine well he didn't listen obviously and so he developed crazy discomfort inside of his body outside of his body he had excruciating pain he had burns he had to undergo 42 operations and several amputations it says up to a hundred you haven't got enough things on you to am- for that many due to his radiation exposure and he ultimately completed suicide man that's like really sad yeah well you he tried they were oh my goodness <laughs> i can't get my words out here uh Someone tried to warn him, so he was warned by other people, and he decided he just wanted to keep on x-raying himself, and I don't know. Still sad, like he said. But this is where we kind of stopped on the medical history, because obviously we are living in the current medical world, and things just pick up from there, and we get a little bit better at all the things. I mean, <coughs> Sorry. I'm glad that we're stopping it there because everything after that is kind of boring, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of cool. There's just like scary testing things. But that could be a whole other pod talking about experiments on humans. I like that. Yeah, we might do that. But thank you guys for joining in. Um, Remember to wash your hands. I almost said wash your butt. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Please do. Wash your bodies. Wash your bodies. (laughs) We're all about cleanliness here, people. Cover your cough. Cover your... Yes. (laughs) Stay away from people if you are sick and don't let people lance your boils. Yeah, and no just like hugging random rats. That's how you (laughs) get the plague. Yeah. Don't invite any rats over. You used to have pet rats. How could you say that? That's different. They were cute. I got them for PetSmart. R.I.P., baby. Yeah. Loved them. Pinky Poppy. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. We really enjoyed having you here. Yeah. Remember to like and subscribe. Also... Tell all of your friends. Tell them. them. Tell them. Oh, that was creepy. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets and our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.